Welcome to the Militant Grind Podcast as we welcome J.K. Emezi, a trailblazing porn addiction recovery coach and the founder of the Porn Reboot System. J.K.'s journey overcoming an 11-year battle with pornography addiction led him to develop this unique recovery program, a beacon of hope for high-performing professionals grappling with similar changes. His system, tested over a decade, offers a practical approach beyond traditional therapy and 12 steps focusing on recognition addiction signs, overcoming shame and developing effective coping strategies. In this episode, JK shares his insights and reassures that lasting change is indeed possible no matter the depth of the struggle. So JK, how are you today, sir? I am fantastic, man. I'm excited. Thank you for having me on. Right, man. It's good to have you. Good to have you, man. This is a very interesting topic that I feel like has played everybody, you know, like secretly behind closed doors, openly, all of that. I feel like a lot of people, you know, it has a, well, not a lot, but like the majority of people have an addiction to porn. So mm-hmm. let's go back to, you know, how it started for you when it came to you, uh, you know, getting addicted to porn. Yeah. Well, I was uh, I was exposed to pornography when I was eight years old for the first time. And for a lot of guys, they're exposed to it early, but they might not be able to get aroused to it. Right. So I was a latchkey kid. I'm 39. My parents would leave us at home and they were like, don't open the door for, the door for anyone. Mm-hmm. And we had a cousin, older cousin. She would come by sometimes just to check on us. Mm-hmm. And I remember clearly she came over one day and she had a comic book. And I loved comic. I still love comic books. I'll be honest. I just don't have the time to read them the way I would like to. But I was determined to read this comic book. She wouldn't let me read it. Mm-hmm. Eventually, I found out where she was hiding it. And it turned out to be a pornographic comic book. Now imagine this, you're eight years old, you've never been exposed to pornography, you're raised in a conservative Christian home, and you see sex, but it's exaggerated sex. I'm not going to say anything to trigger anyone. It was just unreal Mm -hmm. what I saw. And I'm thinking, this is the thing that mom and dad, like when the scene comes on on TV, like, close your eyes, close your eyes, what you looking at? (laughs) This is the thing I'm not supposed to see. And it's here in exaggerated form. So I'm thinking, this is what mom and dad do. This is what Mm -hmm. I'm going to do as an adult. And I'm scared at eight years old of what Mm -hmm. I'm seeing. Now, there's this adrenaline rush. There's this change in my state because this is naughty. I'm not supposed to be doing it. And the interesting thing that happens, this is only retrospect. I didn't realize it was happening until I became older. I became a Mm -hmm. professional in this field was that I was so excited by the taboo nature of what I was seeing, that any time I got rejected by my parents, they didn't give me anything I wanted, I wasn't allowed to stay up late, Mm -hmm. I knew I could get that feeling again by searching for nudity. Mm -hmm. So I began a habit back then of searching for nudity because it would give me that feeling. That continued till I hit puberty about 13, 14 years old. And the moment I learned how to masturbate and the, the joy of orgasm, it made sense to me, or so I thought. I was like, ah, so it's not just the fear of nudity. There was a point to this. And Sherman, it was off to the races from there, man. It was throughout, you know, my teenage years, you know, acne, 
not being athletic. Everybody was jacked. I wasn't. My arms were growing longer. I had a big head. People making fun of me. Everything <laughs> that happens to you when you're a teenager, I went to pornography. And I was a nerd. I was a little bit weird. Um, had a bunch of learning disabilities. So all that low self-esteem stuff, mm -hmm. I used pornography to feel better about it. That's how it started for me. Wow. Wow. And so was it like a did you keep this to yourself or was it like a group of friends where you guys all like had the addiction or was it like cool, you know, around your circle of influence or how, how was it during that time? Well, I wasn't a cool kid, right? I knew there were cool kids who were, who were, you know, passing it around. And eventually when I tried to get into the cool kid group, I got a magazine, right? And I was like, okay, I'm one of the cool kids. So what I wanted to do when I would get the magazine was like, I wanted to tell them like, oh yeah, I'll come back to school and say, yeah, I masturbated to it. But aside from that, I was raised in such a strong conservative home that I really couldn't tell anybody that I had an issue with it, you know? And mm -hmm. I didn't even know it was an issue, to be honest. I didn't know that like every time I wanted to talk to that girl I was falling for and I couldn't, and I beat myself up and I went back home and I was like, oh, I'm just gonna jerk off. I didn't know that that I was using pornography as a coping strategy for rejection and for a lack of courage and all those things. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I was in my early 20s and just joined college, well, late teens, early 20s, that I started taking risks. So I, I was living with my aunt and my grandparents at that point, because it was closer to college. And we had a computer that was on the, la the staircase landing, up right on the landing. And my aunt's room was behind the computer. So this is the computer. Her room door was here. Mm -hmm. I'd be watching pornography. I'd wake up in the middle of the night at 2 a.m. And I'd be watching pornography. And I would hear her in there going like, is that the computer light I see on, boy? What you doing up there? And I would be turning it off. When I realized that I was taking all these crazy risks. In fact, it was so bad. It was the big old white computer with the CPU that sometimes I would hear her coming to open the door and I would hit the CPU button, you know, oh, and just yeah. turn it off directly yeah. from there. <laughs> like what happened? I was like, I don't know. It just froze up and stuff like that. That's when I started realizing that I might have a problem. Hey, man, I, I feel like a lot of us went through that. Like say there was a technique that, you know, I got younger brothers, so we yeah. would all be sitting in there watching Cinemax and, you know, Cinemax is like a, a cable channel that had all of the soft core porn, mm. you know, at, at in the uh, in the middle of the night. So you'll be watching it and then you'll turn it to another channel. And then as soon as you hear something, you press last and it goes to like Cartoon Network or whatever the, you know, last channel. Yeah, that yeah. You, at, you know what I'm saying? But we also had a technique where it's like if we heard somebody coming. We'll just press the button or unplug the computer, you know, because the computers were too slow to be able to, like, get off of it at that moment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. it's like I feel like a lot of us. And then when um when it came to Kazai and downloading the porn oh, straight from the Internet. Oh, yep. my God, man. It was like, <laughs> you know, you would sit there for hours waiting for a porno to download, you know, and I feel like it got really bad when websites came out like i i remember the day in college when a friend of mine i remember the time where i was at and all of that he was like go to this website called tna flicks and you can watch mm. all the porn or whatever right i'm sure you know about that site 
And when I went to that yep. website, man, yep. it fucking blew me away. I was like, what? Like, you could watch all of the, like, thousands of pornos in an instant without paying no money or nothing, and it's free? Oh, man, that just, that drove me <laughs> crazy, bro. Like, I, I couldn't believe it, you know? Versus, yeah. like, what you had to do, you know, back in the day when we were, you know, kids to see porn, it was like, man, it was damn near, like, you know, trying to sell drugs, you know what I'm saying? Like a very secret private operation, you know? Dude, I've like when you what you said about tna flicks that had to be about 2006 2007 yeah yeah right mm -hmm. and that was where things changed for everyone i'm glad you brought that up because that was the advent of youtube mm -hmm. once youtube came out with that that format of tube sites and that algorithm the porn sites jumped on it because suddenly they realized oh instead of putting the paywall where you watch a little bit of a trailer and you got to pay to access mm -hmm. and we have people downloading it from LimeWire and Kazaa and all of that they're like why not just put everything up front for free and make money off advertisers right and the moment they did that that's when there were men at least when I started doing this professionally I started finding men who were never addicted to pornography so dudes who were already in their 40s and 50s who didn't have access to this started getting ad addicted at that point oh yeah yeah, it was it was just like way too accessible. But too then much. it's just like, you know, like like you mentioned before, I feel like the man who either couldn't get a girl or couldn't get the type of girl that he want. It's like if you're watching that girl that you fantasize about naked, you know, in a sexual activity, it does something to you. It's like, oh, maybe she's doing that to me. You know what I'm saying? It's like a. <laughs> a weird manipulation and dopamine feeling. And then I feel like after a while, it's like, okay, I'm tired of this. I want to get into something else. It's like you open up Pandora's box and then it's like, oh, well now I'm into this or now I'm into that. And then it just gets sicker and sicker. You know what I'm saying? As I would say, you know? Man, the, let's just say that the rabbit hole goes very deep with pornography. I could tell you, I could tell you stories. Um, and if we fast forward to today, man, we now have things like OnlyFans, mm -hmm. right? We now have men who actually think they are having the experience with the woman without realizing that all those are prompts, right? Like he's not the only one. He's one of 70 other dudes messaging her and you think she's messaging you back. But is the marketing dude who's her pimp, who is the one who put the prompts in that set up all the messages and you really think she's having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with you. And it's so sad because there are men out there who are business owners, who are executives, and they really think they're having this intimacy with some woman that they saw on Instagram. And it's, mm -hmm. it's sad. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. But then it's like, if they don't know, it really doesn't matter, you know, because <laughs> it's like even, you know, people have, I remember, you know, somebody, uh, when I first heard about people having sex with dolls and I was just like, what? Like that, that's a real thing. It's like, yeah, people have blow up dolls and do things with them. And I was like, wow, that's, you know, that was always outlandish to me, but then it's just interesting what the human mind could conceive and get pleasure from, you know, it's like, if I like, say I, I um I listened to a study 
where it was like, you know, there was a, a group of guys who didn't work out for two weeks, but then when they imagined themselves working out, they tended to get stronger. Like they bought their body responded to it, you know? So it's like, I feel like pornography is doing that same thing because it releases dopamine, especially if you're masturbating to it, it gives you like a, a rush, you know, it's like a, a, it's an addict. It's a, it's a high, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But then it's like, but then, you know, even, uh, you know, some of our greatest people like Kirk Franklin, a gospel singer, he had an addiction to pornography and it was really bad for him. But then it was like, why was it really bad? It was taken away from his time, you know, his family, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it was a coping, like you said earlier, it's a coping mechanism. So with that being said, you know, what do you, what do you usually see when it comes to your clients, when it comes to their reasons of, you know, what they explain, like why they're addicted to pornography? Like what, do, what is kind of like a, a story that you always hear? It's usually one of three or four things. It's usually that they're using pornography to deal with stress. They're using it to deal with strong emotions. Um, They're usually using it to deal with loneliness and a lack of intimacy. Those Mm -hmm. are the three main reasons that I find. Um, And it really depends, man. Um, A lot of guys don't know why they're using it. Some of them really just think that it's about stress, but they don't know why because they don't know the point at which it became a compulsive behavior for them. Mm. So... I'll give you an example, something very common that I've seen, let's say since the pandemic, since a lot of guys work from home or work remotely, they'll say they're living with their wife or their girlfriend or whomever. And the wife is just like, hey, honey, I'm going to run out and do this, do this, meet my friend, go for work, go pick up the kids, whatever it is. Right. And they're like, cool. And they're good. They're just working, doing their thing. She leaves the minute the door closes. Trigger the minute they hear the car leaving the driveway trigger. And immediately they begin their rituals or their routines to view pornography. They don't know whether it has to do with stress or strong emotion or loneliness. Mm. By that point, it's become hardwired into their nervous system. The triggers are already there. So the first thing we do when we work with our clients is we identify the habits first, the habits that are triggered. Because once we can figure out what the habits are and I can figure out what your triggers are, we can start working backwards to to find out, well, what are the most common times and situations where you're triggered? And Mm -hmm. we'll usually identify about four or five situations. Then from working on the habits, we can focus on working on making, um, building the correct lifestyle for them, where they Mm -hmm. have the right coping strategies for their lifestyle. And ultimately, at the end of the day, we work on their self-image, which is what you need to actually end this behavior permanently. But I would say the most common one out of those three, I'll tell you this, I'll tell you the one that's most difficult to deal with. It's a lack of intimacy and loneliness as a reason. Stress and strong emotions, we can develop a lifestyle around that. We can Mm -hmm. teach you coping strategies. Mm -hmm. But if you're feeling lonely, if you're lacking intimacy, even if you have somebody in your life, and if you don't as well, sometimes that is rooted in trauma or some sort of unresolved issue. Hmm. Wow. That's interesting. There's a lot there, right? Most people just think (laughs) pornography. (laughs) And I'm just just like, whoa, wait a minute. There are all these reasons why. And I'm like, yeah, Mm -hmm. (laughs) they are. Yeah, because I I mean, but I know that like there's, there's people that can indulge every now and then like, Hey, I just want to, 
you know, get off. But then there, but then I, I do know that there is an addiction for sure. You know, like some people that are like super addicted because I was, I was that person, you know, once upon a time, you know, yeah, until how did, it's you, a, how did you overcome it though? Uh, I mean, really like, uh, honestly, bro, like after I would, I would feel ashamed, you know, I'll just be like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, that's what I always you tell just myself. Watch. You're just nasty. That's not, what did I just do? Yeah. You know, it's like, I just felt, I know it's weird to hear it, but I just felt disgusted. It was like, man, you should be the one that is either doing this in real life or, you know, something It's like, you got, you know, like you're better than looking at a screen, doing some imaginary stuff, you know, like if you, whatever you're lacking, you know, you should be able to, uh, you know, overcome it with the power of, you know, of you, you know? So I, I, I had to tell myself that it's like, if you, if you're imagine, well, also, you know, I have had experiences and, you know, I'm, I'm in LA. So I knew a lot of women that did porn, you know, and I had access to women that did porn before, you know, okay. but it's kind of crazy because, you know, my, my, I can't say this, but basically it was like people that were very close to me, yeah. you know, that I was just like, what? Like, yeah. And, you know, even my ex-girlfriend in high school, you know, she ended up becoming what well, she still is. One of the most famous black porn stars in the, you know, in the world, you know what I'm saying? Oh, or ever, okay. you know, I'm talking about hosting the AVN awards, all of that. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So I ended up thinking about it in the terms of like, you know, these are real people, but then the people that are, that participate in doing this type of activity are broken. You know what I'm saying? So you're getting the satisfaction of energy from somebody that's broken. And it's like, it's not really a match, you know? Cause once I, I say, um, my ex, she had a, a party and she's in the mm. porn industry. So I went to her party and I'm seeing yeah. everybody that's in the porn industry. Like everybody that somebody was there. Some of the biggest names in the history, right? Of black porn. And then when I started like looking at them and I was just like, wow, all of these people just look broken. You know, they look like they're just you, you know, like they just been used and abused. And, you know, it's like the life was just sucked out of them. You know, like they really did. They really weren't present. You know what I'm saying? So it really had me think about like that industry as a whole, it was just like, nah, this isn't, the energy just isn't right. And who would want to look for, you know, like satisfaction from people who have such tainted energy? You know, like once I really, and, I, and I'm and i kind of glad I experienced that because it just, it just shifted my whole mind. It was like, nah, man, like, no, like no upstanding stand-up person would be like, yeah, I'm gonna just do this or whatever. Like say my ex, she got into it by mm. an older guy pimping her out, you know, and mm. you know, she ended up becoming a problem and she ended up, you know, being into porn. And so it was just like, damn, you know, like this isn't like what happened to her was the cause of it. And so it's like I shouldn't be for that because of the way that this person even got into this industry. You know, and I never heard of like a positive story or even you know, looking at documentaries of, and the people that were in porn and how they talk about it, it's just kind of like, damn, you know, like it's very, it's like haunting to them. And sometimes they wish they would have never did it, you know? 
So when I started looking at it from that point of view and understanding the industry, understanding myself, it was like, no, I don't want to, you know, if you're a righteous person, you really don't want to participate in anything like that. You know, and it's just, bro, it is, it's, it's sick, man. It's like, sometimes they have underage girls on there, you know, and the girl lie and say that she's 18, you know, like I have a friend of mine. I was like, yeah, I did one when I was in high school, but I was 17 years old. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, what, you know? And it was, man, it was plenty of girls. I went to high school with that. Did it where it was like, God damn, you know, like, what but then it's it's just yeah man so once i once i really looked at it from like a bird's eye view i was like no i don't want to participate in anything like that you know anything remotely close to that you know what i'm saying yeah no that's so good man it it sounds like you just you had a certain type of self-image yeah and your self-image was just not just not matching with it it's like i asked some guys just like man i don't know how i would end this behavior and i'm like all right let's say you're walking down the street and you, you came across a wallet picked it up and there was like 700 dollars in there mm-hmm. right and you're on this call with me and i ask you like well what would you do they're like oh it was 700 in there I'd, I'd look for the owner i was like well why they're like well because he probably put the 700 dollars in there for something right and he lost the wallet that's what i'm thinking i was like well why wouldn't you just take the $700 and say finders keepers, right? And they're like, oh, mm-hmm. I just wasn't raised like that. I'm not that type of person. I'm like, that's the type of self-image you want to develop when it comes to something like pornography. That is not something you need because just as you don't need that money in there that isn't yours, mm-hmm. you don't need the the extra stimuli. And right. once you realize you don't need it, first of all, the, the way you realize it is to start thinking a little bit deeper because I like what you said about it didn't feel good because of the shame and the guilt. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing a lot of men are lacking. They don't realize that they are suppressing a lot of that ability to connect with people. Like even all the things I can tell, I can tell about you that you're a person who feels other people Mm -hmm. because, you know, you can, you can (laughs) say this with like women, for guys who had game, sometimes you just meet a girl and you just tell by a dead look in her eye. You're just like, she's she's been through stuff sexually. Like you can just tell. Yeah. And I get what you're saying about the adult film actors. There's a deadness in the eyes. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. Just see, and you feel sadness. If you're a feeling person, you're like, you're talking, but your eyes are dead. Your eyes are just this. I can't connect with you emotionally. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing a lot of men miss. But what they don't realize is the more you view pornography, the more you dehumanize people. Right. It is not natural. I think we, we in our first conversation, I t- mentioned this, that I'm, I'm like, if you're a man alive today, you've seen more naked people having sex than every single one of your ancestors yep. that ever existed on this planet. Combined. Like our brains combined, <laughs> all of them. Your daddy, your granddaddy, all of them. Yeah. It's insane. Your brain is not designed to to handle that. You become desensitized to sex. Yeah. And it's funny. I, I'm not do you know who Tom Green is? He was a, a Canadian comedian. He used to be on MTV back in the day. Tom Green, no, no. Yeah, so he had a um he he had a show called the Tom Green show, but he also had a stand-up comedy, right? And it was interesting because he was like, who in here watches porn? And everybody was like, yeah. And he was like, yeah, we like to watch people fuck. 
And when he said that, and when he said that, it was kind of like, I guess it hit the audience in a different kind of way because it was like, this is literally what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? It's not just porn. You're really sitting there watching people have sex. Like that is the definition of it. Like I'm going to sit here and watch another man pleasure a woman or whatever you're into, you know? I don't yeah. Know. But when you really look at it, it's like, you know, plain and simple. You start to think like, hold on, what the hell? Uh, what, are, what is really going on? Like, I'm really going to sit here and watch this. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, it was gotta... just so it was so <laughs> funny how he put it, man, because it was like he just slapped him in the face with it. And he yeah. was just talking about like how society is now with with porn. And he had one joke that was funny because he was like, you know, the teachers now are sending their students naked pictures. And he was like back in the 70s. Can you imagine what a, a woman would have to go through to get a picture to her student? She would have to be drunk. She would have to take the, you know, disposable camera, take the picture, take it, get it developed, you know, wait for it to get developed, then take the pictures and then give it to the student. There's a lot of time in between that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Where somebody could be like, I don't think this is something that I should be doing. But now yep. snap, boom. Right away. Right away. Right away. It, right away. And it's like, you know, now people are doing self-porn. You know, it's like with the OnlyFans, it's like a lot of people are becoming sex workers because it's it's effortless. You know, you can use your phone. Okay, I'm doing it. All right, cool. Put it out there. Boom. Oh, now I'm making money. Oh, boom. You know, so it's like, damn, man, like where I, I, I put out a quote today. Mm. I was like, man, this might be the first time in the history of the world where like, if you have a beautiful daughter, it may not be a good thing for you. True. You know, like, True. like say I have a daughter and she's beautiful. And I'm just like, man, can you, well, two daughters, both are beautiful. And I'm just like, man, can you imagine them going through a hard time and them just being like, yeah, I could sell pictures of myself online and guys are going to pay a hundred dollars for it. And I can make money to, cover this or cover that you know what i'm saying and this <laughs> i think you know there, there is hope though there is hope i think because you know a lot of people listening might be like it's very easy in today's world if you are a person who has values and standards to get discouraged and be like man like you know it's out <laughs> of our control but i want to put one thing out there first of all it's also where you raise your kids i travel a lot mm -hmm. and i just want to say that there are societies out there where this stuff is still the way it was in the 70s like you even though there's text and everything people still have the fear of god in them like they're not going to right yeah yeah there's still people and cultures where where this isn't being pushed forward and i think western culture especially the us is a culture where you can just if you watched it from the outside the things that are happening it's a culture in decline. Like there are a lot of amazing things happening in terms of technology and growth, the ability to generate wealth. Anybody can just turn on a camera and speak their mind. Mm -hmm. But there's a downside to that because anybody can influence, anyone can produce. I'm sure if you're on social media, you can put something out there, but now there's no barrier to entry. You get crazy people commenting, crazy people that you would never talk to on the street. You're like, nah, bro, I'm good. They don't yeah. have access to your comments, your DMs. There's open access. So I mm -hmm. think 
when it comes to the important things in our life, family, spirituality, and so on, we have to set very strong boundaries in those areas. And if that means changing environments, when we are concerned about things, I think it's something everybody should consider. Man, I it's funny because I talk to people all the time and they're like, I want to get out of here. Like, I want to get out of the United States. Like, it's just too much going on. You know, it's like the the gender wars and, you know, the sexism, the pronouns of this or that. They're like, man, I don't want to deal with all of this stuff. It's just too crazy. Like a guy, you know, I talked to a guy at the park about this the other day. He was like, man, I might go to Spain or something like, you know, anywhere. I just got to get out of here because I just don't like how the culture is moving. You know, it's like Babylon. I'm getting out too, time. man. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> man, for real. Like it, I told, it, And I told him, I was like, bro, <laughs> I, I'm telling you, like, once I get this online business going, bro, I will, I will gladly leave. Because I actually travel to other countries and the culture is like, it's, it's just totally different. Like I've been to Dubai and you can't access Pornhub in Dubai. You know, you know, you can't watch porn in Dubai. No, you're yeah. not doing that. And, people and it's are, a modern it's a modern city. Yeah. And even in China, With better China, conveniences than here. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the only way I know is because I was out there by myself, you know, certain countries. And, you know, I was like, man, I want to watch a little something. I'm by myself, man, in the room. Yeah. You know, it's just me. I, I got my time. <laughs> it's nighttime. All right, cool. So I was in China and I was like, let me see. Nope. Can't go on Pornhub. No porn sites in China. And I was like, damn. And then I started thinking about the culture and the people. And I was like, man, it's just so different. You know, it's it's like night and day. You know, you could actually Absolutely. like go outside and walk at night and feel safe. You know what I mean? There's not like a lot of crime. There's not, you know, women walking around half naked or acting reckless and men acting reckless. It was like a sense of self and a sense of being. And sometimes I, I, you know, I'm all about freedom, but then I'm like, that could kind of, you know what I'm saying? Like that could kind of be, I, I don't know. It's like a fine line between that because I know that if something is available, you know, some people don't have the discipline to not abuse it. You know, like we should all should do whatever we want to do, period. But then it's like, if we're going to have websites like Pornhub, why can't we you know, do whatever type of drug that we want. You know what I'm saying? Like, like say, why can't I walk down the street naked? You know, why do I, you know, it's like, why do we have certain laws? Like, you know, like, where do we, where do we draw the line? You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, you say everybody could be free, but it's free for you. But then it's like, when it comes to the morale of the country is brought, like you said, it's, it's brought down to a decline. Absolutely. And what you said about being in different countries and the freedom to walk around and feel safe, that's what people here would say, well, you you know, you can only do that because their country is a dictatorship or because if you do this and do this, they'll throw you in jail. And the truth is, you're right, there is a fine line. And I think as human beings, we have to accept the compromise. Can you get closer? Can to you hear me? Yeah, now it's better. Yeah. Yeah. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me move a little bit closer. I'm saying, like, um, in these countries, you will hear people in the U.S. who are more liberal. Nothing wrong with being liberal. Mm-hmm. Um, state that, yeah, you can in, you can walk around in Dubai or China or any of these countries at night, 
feeling safe. I was in Japan earlier this year. We were walking around at like 2 a.m. and we weren't worried about a single thing. There's literally the only people who commit crime in Japan are foreigners. Japanese do not commit crime. You see Japanese salary men drunk and on the road. They'll lay there till morning. Nothing will happen to them. No one will steal their stuff. Nothing will happen. And people will say, well, that's because they have all these draconian laws and all these different things. But you're right. There has to be some sort of, of compromise. And people forget that years ago, there were indecency laws in this country. There were stricter laws. We just became more and more liberal in the name of freedom. And now we turn a blind eye to all the crazy that is pouring onto our streets. And then we try to overcompensate by controlling everybody. So right. now we lock down even more instead of accepting the fact that we gave people too many freedoms. Not everybody is mature enough, you're right, or in their right senses. Not everybody needs access to, right. to all these things. You know? right. With pornography, my big issue with it started when I realized that anybody even if they are not, regardless of their mental development, regardless of la what language they speak, what mental issue they have, or what age they are, if they view pornography, they are able to instantaneously decode it. So a man who is 30 years old, who is not fully mentally developed, who his parents are still taking care of him for whatever reason, who's not around, allowed around young children or anything like that, if he views pornography, he knows exactly what it is. And he may have a tendency to want to act it out, but it is not controlled. People are like, yeah, you can watch whatever you want to watch right. as long as you're over 18. That is not something that should be allowed um, easy access to. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, man. There's this show called uh, Zendaya was a part of it. Golly. I forgot, but it Euphoria? was wild. Yeah, Euphoria. Right. Bro, when I yeah. found out that my nieces were watching Euphoria, I was like, oh my God, like my teenage nieces. And that show was sick. I'm talking about drug use, underage sex, all what all kind of sexual fantasies, you know? And I was just like, wow, like, but then it's like, how am I gonna stop them from seeing this? You know, like even like you could say whatever, but it's like if it's there, they're gonna be able to have access to it no matter what. You know, like watching it on a friend's phone, tablet, whatever. So it's like, well, I feel like if we don't up our personal morale and our boundaries with our families and try to do the the best that we can, it is going to be like an uphill battle, you know, because it's like these kids are now being able to access porn on their phones with ease now, you know, and I sometimes I remember talking to one of my little cousins. I'm like, yeah, you watch porn on your phone. It was like 13. Yeah, I do. But then it's like, what am I going to do to stop that? How can I stop it? It's impossible. <laughs> you know, it's always going to. I think you've answered the question already, man. I think you've addressed the concern. I think it's already an uphill battle. And a lot of people don't want to hear that because it's it's um, it's nice to hear somebody show up and go like, we're going to fight against this. And people are surprised when they're just like, oh, man, you're doing like real good work. You're changing the world. I'm like, uh, not really. They're like, wait a minute. What do you mean? Not really. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm not trying to be an advocate. I started doing this too late. And I've been doing this for 11 years. 
And yeah. I was like, I was already too late when I started doing it. Like mm -hmm. there are movements out there that are bigger than what I do that are trying to raise awareness. But the problem with pornography is there is so much shame behind it mm -hmm. that people hide it. And human sexual behavior is so complex. Right. It is so complex. People are figuring out their sexuality. And some people, for a lot of people too, pornography is not an addiction. That's another problem. I'm not against pornography. I'm against high-speed internet pornography and people who are addicted to it because it's high-speed internet pornography that's addictive. No one's addicted to magazines. No right. one's addicted to the Sears catalog or the VHS. Right. People are addicted to stuff that you can see, that you can open up in multiple tabs, yeah. that you can switch from genre to genre, ethnicity to ethnicity, and there's no barrier till you're, you're, the only thing that'll stop you is when you physically can't do it anymore. Oh yeah, man. Like, uh, man, like often tell people and Tom Green, the guy I mentioned earlier, he joked about this too. Yeah. He was like, I couldn't imagine up, Tom Green. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I got to find his special cause they had it on Netflix years ago, but he said yeah. something interesting. He was like, I couldn't imagine being a 12 year old kid in today's society going through puberty oh he was like i will be locked in my room all day looking at porn you know because like the way even when you know when i was growing up you know when you're going through puberty you get turned on you know for any damn thing like i was watching yeah. women you know with bikinis on uh, uh, uh while watching wrestling like oh my god look at her she got her breasts out little shorts oh you know, but then yeah. I was like, man, imagine, <laughs> you know, imagine, you know, going on a on on the phone and just looking at whatever you desire in an instant. Like I would be losing. I'm like, man, there's no way, you know, no way, bro. Like that is it's going to create a monster, dude. You should. I receive some of the most heartbreaking emails every day. Even on my YouTube channel, some of the comments I get from kids are crazy. Because imagine being 12 years old, 13 years old, mm -hmm. and you've seen everything. And you've had access to everything. Like for us, it's just like, yeah, the wrestling woman. But you can't, you couldn't, you couldn't go find that exact thing. Right. Now you can go find that and even better. And these guys are destroyed within two years of viewing pornography. Completely destroyed because now they want it now they don't know how nothing in reality seems that way mm -hmm. nothing in reality seems that way so they are devastated but the crazy part is how quickly they it escalates so they go from like you know like most of us who stop pornography at a certain age got disgusted by something we were watching Mm -hmm. it was escalating and we were just like, man, I'm watching some messed up stuff. And you don't know it's messed up till you actually orgasm and you're just like, well, I sometimes tell clients, I'm just like, oh man, I got this messed up fantasy. I can't keep going back to this pornography. It's like, all right, fine. Next time you're going to relapse to it. Fine. Watch it. Masturbate. Ejaculate. And like after that, you know what I want you to do? I want you to rewind it back to that spot that you kept going to. I want you to watch it again. You're like, oh, but I got to wait. I was like, no, no. I want you to watch it immediately after you orgasmed. Yeah. Watch it again. And I want you to try to masturbate to it. And you go like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, that's the exercise. That's your homework. Don't come back to the next call till you've done that. And it changes them because 
in a non-aroused state, when their nervous system is a certain way, mm-hmm. they have to look at the reality of what they actually watched. Yeah. And suddenly the emotions start coming up. And they were like, dude, I was, I was like, this isn't fun. This is fucked up. She doesn't look happy. It looks like it hurts. It's not even my sexual preference. It's not even my sexual orientation. I don't even know why I would watch that. Mm-hmm. And they start seeing the reality of their behavior. But now we got mm-hmm. kids who are messaging me, telling me I did a, I did a video and I put it out there. It was called um, "Why You Shouldn't Why You Shouldn't Suck Dick," and it was because it was in response to a client coming to me and their new woke therapist telling them that if they've been, he's like, I watch so much porn and I got bored with watching that pornography. So I started watching transgender and gay porn and now I'm confused. And the therapist's response was, well, go out there and give someone head and see if you like it. I hate it when when therapists say things like that because I say I hate it because it obviously happens a lot. There are thousands of therapists who are coming out of school today who are being trained to do that. You can be anything you want. You can be any gender. And if you show up, you, 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 you know, just go out there and experience it and find yeah. out if it's your thing. You're still young. I'm not a fan of that. So I put out this video where I told men that if you've been watching pornography to the point that you're watching transgender pornography and you're not sure if you're gay, here's a very simple test, right? And I sit down and I do this with clients and I say, all right, man, you, 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 thank you for like being honest and trusting like everything we do is discreet and private at porn reboot let me ask you this you think you're gay he's like yeah man i'm just worried about it because i'm not like that i was like cool i was like when you, do you go to the beach sometimes they're like yeah when you're on the beach do you find yourself checking out men or women and they go like um really women if i look at a guy, it's maybe it's because he's fit or something i'm like man i got, I got a good physique like he's jacked or something i was like yeah fair enough but nothing sexual like, mm-hmm. no, it's like when you listen to music that you really like, like romantic music and you're high on it, do you imagine yourself like, you know, walking down a fucking meadow, holding some dude's hand, <laughs> or like going on a date with a guy? Do you do that? Do you like imagine flying some some guy out to Dubai to meet you? Or is it right. a, they're like, no, dude, it's always a woman. I was right. like, guess what? They're like, what? I was like, you're not gay. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. that simple. It's mm-hmm. not a part of you, what we call your arousal template. And that's what your therapist should be working with you on. But your therapist is not doing that. Your therapist is just like, let's explore your past and find out whether something happened that makes you feel you're gay. You need in the moment experience, but that's not the problem. The problem is these young men are watching pornography till the point that it gets that way. And then they are watching shows like Euphoria, which mm-hmm. make it seem normal, that it's normal for people in high school to explore sexuality. We know it's normal to explore it, but it's not normal to stick with it and identify with it after you're done experimenting with it, if that makes sense. Yeah. So they now live in a world where it's just like, yeah, you're probably like your friend that cross-dresses who's probably gay, right? We've all had that person in school. Now, instead of going like, yeah, he's different that's who he is you have young men going like well i'm probably like him and yeah that's so the they're scary. so they're getting influence to be like that instead of naturally feeling like that themselves but uh, you know it, and it's funny that you say that because i have gay friends right 
And I, you know, I yeah. enter, you know, man, I asked him so many questions just to understand that whole community. And I'm sometimes I'm yeah. like, man, I feel like he's annoyed, but I just really try to understand. And I notice that there's levels to that lifestyle. You know, they will tell me that just because a man has sex with a man doesn't mean that he's gay. It's because he's just trying to get off. But that's not like, you know, but he's not going to marry a man. He's not attracted to a man and they're not going to be together, you know. So yeah. therefore, that person is not gay. And it's funny that you said that because it was like, you know, you could do the act or whatever to get off. But then it's like if you're not imagining a man in your mind that you're going to marry one day and be with and hold hands within the meadows, like you said, you're not that. But that is exactly what's going on in the gay community. They're just like, you know, these men, they have these fantasies and I'm being used, you know. But then it's like, I really, you know, they will say, I really You mean like the, the gay men, the gay men are being used by straight men yeah. who have these sexual fantasies. So they're being right. hurt by guys pretending to be gay. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Is that, and that happens a lot. Yeah. And I was just like, and bro, I, put, I was put in so many situations like even when I had dinner with somebody, when one, a friend of mine, she brought her two gay friends and I was just asking them questions about it. And they would be like, yeah, you know, and it's hard for me to find somebody because I'm being looked at as like a piece of meat or a fantasy and I can't find anything real. And so I just feel like, you know, that's unfair to the people that's just like, look, man. I really want to be with the man, you know, it's kind of sad to see that they're like, they're lonely, but then it's like a lot of people that use them as fantasies and then they end up being hurt because like some people, man, I believe that some people are born gay. Some people might've been persuaded to be gay. Some people might've been molested and, you know, confused. It's like, there's not one way about it. True. You know what I'm saying? True. But then I do, yeah. do know that through the pornography and do the experimentation, it's like, people think that they want to identify with that but they really aren't that they're just like it's just like a sexual thing to them you know what i'm saying and that's it absolutely yeah I, i'm so glad that you brought that up about your gay friends because i think that is a big a big problem in the gay community that they're very frustrated by but you know they can't they maybe they among themselves they might complain about it but mm -hmm. it is true there are a lot of individuals and pornography pornography simply fuels that yeah. right because pornography is not pornography is there for entertainment it's not there for education when i hear somebody say like oh it educates it doesn't educate mm -hmm. it is designed to take advantage of your of your fantasy and right. to push that narrative um that sex is just for enjoyment is just for exploitation yeah and thus you have a lot of people that are exploited in that way Mm -hmm. um, the term for it is homosexual obsessive compulsive disorder, which is when straight men are engaging in this behavior and there's no one to educate them or ask them the questions that I do. Because the mm -hmm. purpose is not to stop them from engaging in the behavior. The purpose is actually just to get them to feel peace within themselves. Because right. for a man who is identifying as straight or grew up in a certain culture, Walking around feeling that you're gay or not sure or having to hide that is devastating for your psyche as you get old, especially as you get older and older. I've seen a lot of men that can hide it till they're about 35. Then for some reason, after 35, 
it really starts affecting them. That's why you see a lot of men just kind of crash and burn right when they get into 40 and they just kind of fall off the map and disappear. That's because there's only so much that you can suppress mm-hmm. till you get to that age. And if mm-hmm. you don't make that transition internally from being identified with the ego and pleasure, by the time you're close to 40, you have a problem. Mm-hmm. I think it was, what was his name? Carl Jung that said, a man does not truly become a man until he hits the age of 40. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's when he really I went off. That went off on so. another tangent, but yeah. <laughs> no, 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 man. Like I, I, I really resonate with that, bro. Because yeah. you know, I ended up. You know, I have a cousin that's gay, and he, you know, we live in the same city, and he just stopped coming around, and I ended mm. up getting upset. I was like, "Hey, look, man. Like I know that you are," and I found out through someone else that he was, and it pissed me off because they're like, "How's Brandon?" And I'm like, "Oh, damn. Never mind." <laughs> yeah but how's you know and i was just like what like what the hell you know but i should have never said it but yeah i was just <laughs> upset because yeah. it's just like dang man like i don't want to lose you know a family member or a relationship with a, a cousin that i i loved and looked out for before because of a sexual orientation you know mm-hmm. and and i started to be like nah man like come around you know, we still love you, et cetera. Like we still accept you for who you are because at the end of the day, like you can't really pick who someone decides to involve themselves with. And I say, as long as it's two consenting adults, it ain't really none of my business. You know what I mean? Like do what you do. If you're not doing anything to any little kids or whatever, or, you know, whatever, you know, two consenting adults, I don't care who they are, whatever. If both of you agree to do whatever you want to do with each other, that's on you. I can care less. But at the end of the day, you know, you're still a person. You're still a human being. You know, that sole thing isn't your identity, you know. But I feel like now in America, due to pornography and the open sexuality thing, people want to identify themselves with sex more than anything now. You know, it's just like, hey, I'm I'm this and I'm this and I'm this and I'm bi and I'm pansexual and I'm this. I'm like, look, man, like nobody cares. Like you're still a, <laughs> like you're still a human being that likes to eat food, you know, laugh, watch entertainment. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's okay. Like we do not have to identify ourselves with sex so much, you know? And I just feel yeah. like there's a, there's just an agenda with that, but I also feel like it's because of, I feel like porn really like changed it because it started happening. If you really look at the sequence of events is when porn became so open. That's when I feel like America just shifted, you know, into like Mm. all of these different identities, these wars. And I ended up figuring out that there's, you know, wars and conflicts in the LGBTQ community. Like there's some of them that don't like each other. And I was just like, damn, like what is going on? Like, Growing up, like in the early 2000s, we knew that people were gay, but then nobody cared. It was like, do you? You know what I'm saying? Like there was girls in my high school, like eight of them all together, rainbow tattooed on them, all of that. I did not care. There was God. I did not care. Nobody cares. I do whatever you want to do. But now it's just like a war. But I'm just, you know, I'm just kind of wondering if like, you know, if it is because of how porn basically just like shifted society and you know the community you know what i'm saying 
I think it's um I, I think it's interesting when you go back to people and their identity, how people feel the need to announce it. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where the red flag comes up for me because back in the day, people didn't feel the need to go up and say, I'm coming out as this and this and this. Mm -hmm. Everybody just kind of rolled with it. I'm not saying people didn't come out to their families or those close to them. They probably did. Man, but there's this thing of like, yeah, there's this thing of the ego. I think the internet made people very egocentric. And yeah. I really think a big part of that is trying is people's need to gain acceptance into mm -hmm. something. And it's probably why the gay community, those who were without being, you know, like uh, um, disrespectful, those who were original to the community and were born a certain way and are part of a certain culture, probably see people coming in, uh, uh, opting different aspects of their culture and things that they had. They're like, man, we had to struggle to get to where we are or get accepted and all these things. Yeah. And you have all these people uh, taking it for granted. Right. Mm -hmm. I think it's not just pornography. I think um, any any civilization in decline, you see this happening, whether it's from biblical times or whether you talk about Rome, anytime any major civilization was at their peak and about to collapse, there mm -hmm. was always um, degenerate behavior. There was always a lack of morals. And of course, there's a lot of infighting within that civilization. And um, if you know your history, you'll see that that's that's always been the case. So I think it's the same human story, mm -hmm. just repeating us, itself. We just happen to be living um, at a historical time. Yeah, yeah. Now it is it is interesting, man. Because I'm just like, what the hell happened? Like, what is going on? <laughs> like, I go on, I log on social media now. And they're just like, what pronouns do you and like? Come on, man. Like, golly, you know, they, them, he's, I'm like, that's fine. But then I'm just like, it's just too. Oh, yeah. Like it's normalized now. Like, you know, yeah. like, oh, yeah, I'm JK. He, him. I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't need to like, why? No, I'm not. I don't, right. need, to, I don't need to like be, make it clear to you that I am he, him on my LinkedIn. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Cause it's more to me, it's just more so like, I mean, I, I accept people for who they are. You know, like I said, if they're not abusing anybody else or anything like that, I, I could really care less. Absolutely. You know, it's like not my yeah. business. But um, yeah, man, I it's it's just an interesting take, man. Cause I like one of my friends, he told me that like an OG told him, like, once you start watching porn, you're gonna open Pandora's box and then you're gonna be into some stuff that you really not, you know, supposed to be into because it's like you don't go from women to, you know, like you said, transgender to gay to maybe watching people have sex with animals. You know what I'm saying? It's like you have to feed that high. You know, it's like a drug. It's like, man, I smoke weed. Weed don't do anything. All right, I'm going to go to Coke. Uh, Coke don't do anything. Okay, I'm going to do this. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like well, it, it, you just get used to it, you know. But then like for me now, it's like, you know what? It's better to just cut it off cold turkey than to even like you know go down that route you know what i'm saying yeah I, yeah but you, you've probably noticed too that since watching pornography there are certain things you'll get like i've been with my girl for 14 years and she doesn't watch porn she doesn't none of that so sometimes we could be watching like a comedy show and somebody will crack a joke and i'll get it and it just went over her head 
not because she's not an adult who doesn't have sex and doesn't like to do crazy stuff, but just because she's just never been exposed to pornography. She saw it once when she was a kid. Ooh, like that's terrifying. I never want to see anything like that again. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like in her early thirties, right? But it just went over her head. So there are so many of us that like, if you go through Instagram, you see all these memes and some meme pages and just about nasty stuff yeah. and you get it, but you can only get it. None of that is normal human behavior. Right. Right. Our people in the seventies would be like, I don't know what that is. And the seventies and sixties were crazy. They were doing all kinds of drugs, but now you have 13 year olds who are just like, ah, ha, ha, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is funny. I'm like, what you know about that? You haven't even had sex. Yeah. But it's porn. That is crazy. But I also notice that, you know, a lot of young men nowadays, they're not really like how the group of young men that I grew up with are like, we was like steady out there chasing women. You know, it was like, man, where are they at? I need a woman. I need a girlfriend. You know, I need somebody, you know what I'm saying? To, to be intimate with, you know, it was like, your main, like we called it, you know, out here in LA, you have your main girl and then you got other girls that you mess with, you know? And now yeah. like say a lot of the younger generations and people that I'm close to, I'm like, you don't have a girlfriend, you know, like you don't have nothing. But then I was like thinking about it. I was like, maybe it's because they just been watching porn so much that it's like, it really doesn't even matter anymore. You know, it's like, say, you know, I often say that, you know, most of the times you go on Instagram and you look at pictures of women that it's like, damn, you should only send that shit to your boyfriend. You know what I mean? Like you shouldn't even send that. You shouldn't even put that online for everybody to see. Those look like for my eyes only type of pictures or a picture yep. that you send a guy, like say back in the early 2000s, you send this to a guy that you're talking to, that you're dealing with, you know, yeah. even if it was a body picture even if you were fully clothed, like, and you just showed your behind, that was like for somebody special. But nowadays it's like, yep. I'm going to show everybody my behind and how it's shaped and how round it is, et cetera. You know? And so I'm just like, damn, like, you know, my auntie used to tell my cousins, like, well, you should leave something to the imagination, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, have a guy just try to imagine what you will look like. You can't just show it all. And now I'm just like, wow, like kids are seeing it all at such an early age. So it's like nothing is left to their imagination. So where would, where would the hunger be to have, have a companion, have a woman, have someone there, you know, by your side. And I do not see it like how it was when I was growing up. Like there was like, if you knew me back then, you knew my girlfriend and who she was, you know, like I had something, you know, now it's like, (laughs) Where's your girl? I don't have a girlfriend. I'm like, what? Nobody? Damn. Seriously? But isn't that crazy, though? Because you go on Instagram and you see thousands and thousands of beautiful women. But then you're just like, where are the dudes that they're messing with? Like, how is it that all these women putting it out there? Where, Where are the guys they're dating? And I've come to know that now it's the dudes who are in the top 5 or 10% that are fooling with all the women and i mean they they're spoiled for choice because they can get whatever they want right yeah and then every other guy the whole concept of game is lost like when i was trying to quit porn i had to learn game 
and I had to go around OGs and watch them and learn game. I had to go out and approach and talk to women and stop being lame. Right now, that's foreign to dudes. To they're just like, nah, man. We have a program called the Dating Reboot Program, which is when men quit porn. We actually teach them game. Like I have to teach game. I have to teach men how to text a woman. I have to teach men how to be on a date with women. I have to teach men how to touch a woman, how to show up and and um, how to not be a simp, basically, which I didn't think I'd be doing. Um, yeah. But then I realized there was no point in helping clients end their behavior with pornography because somebody had to teach them how to date. No, no I really feel like that's a real thing because I would like play with, you know, some of the younger generation of my family, I'd be like, man, you see that girl go over there and talk to her. What's up? Like, yeah. damn, like do something like, nah, man, I'm okay. And I'm thinking about myself when I was that age, bro, I, wait, there, 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 no, nothing was fair. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They'll be like, look at him over there trying to get it. You know what I mean? Like it was, yeah, yeah, it yeah. was like, no leaf was turning uncovered. If you were a pretty woman I was attracted to, I was, I was saying something, you know, something. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? Hey, I'm a, you know, but it's like they don't even know how to do that because it's like I feel like they, uh, like you said, like they just never really had to because it was like it's like this. I could look at a woman that looks exactly like her or better doing all of this nasty stuff and watch her masturbate, ejaculate, and I feel like in my mind that I just had sex with her effortlessly. You know what I'm saying? It's Absolutely. Like it's like and I, I tell you like something, that's, man. That's, the, that's the thing. The the clients in our just to jump off that point, the the clients that um, I work with in our dating reboot program, a lot of them they have a sense of entitlement. So we just started a program last year, mm-hmm. and um, they were going on a few dates, and they'd be like, "Man, it's just uh, I just feel." And they've maybe had sex only once, right? And these these are dudes in their late twenties now, right? They've never never had sex before and these are not losers right these guys are mortgage brokers these guys are graphic designers some of these guys live in 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 bigger cities in philly in la they're making 150 200k a year and they're young doing well they haven't they have not dated a woman to have sex like they've dated but they haven't and this is not you may think like ah this is this has got to be some no this Woo! is very common guys in their 20s and they'll go on a date and they're like oh man jk like what you said was absolutely right i went on the first date and i did this and did this ended the date early second date i invited her back to my place and you were right like we got right to it and i'm so happy i want to keep then by the third time they're meeting a woman they're like you know what i, I just feel like i can do better i was like bro you just you've only been with like two women right you're in your late 20s what do you mean you can do better it's like, oh, no, it's just like, I just feel like, like the type of woman I'm like, and that's, that came from the entitlement from pornography, mm-hmm. watching porn where everybody's airbrushed, where right. you don't see somebody's vein, where you don't see the smell. And it's their first time being up close with women. And they're just like, oh, like, you know, I went down there and there was a smell. I was like, yeah, this is not porn. <laughs> sometimes you don't want to get with a woman sometimes right. you're like oh something funky's happening but people don't talk about this with sex right yeah. now i have to educate these grown men which is fine i enjoy doing it because i like to see a man learn things that he he could have i love the mentorship part of it mm-hmm. but there's so many of these young men like you know your little nephews too they'll never understand these things like they're not going to understand them because they think 
they watch porn and they're just like, oh yeah, every woman is like that. I'm like, women have cellulites. Right. Women are wearing stuff and they'll take it out. And you're just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. She looked that way. But when she's naked, it's completely different. I'm like, yeah, like that's when you start having that experience. Right. You start realizing that what you're seeing on pornography is not real. Yeah, bro. It's a it's a real human body. You know, it's like that's flesh. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? That it could have a smell. It's you know, people, you know, sweat. You know what I mean? It's like she's been out all day, she's been out all night, she's got stretch marks, you know, she ate something earlier on, like all kinds of things happen. She farts, like you have (laughs) (laughs) no for real. It's not it's not the same, man, but it's it gave them a a different sense of reality when it came to to sex you know it's it's kind of interesting man because like even when i i have friends that's still in the porn industry and i will talk to them and they will tell me like i don't like big dicks i don't like it at all like there's this famous porn star lexington steel i'm sure you know who he is everybody knows yeah yeah, yeah. and still so around i don't even know <laughs> yeah I, well, I don't know but i i met him before you know so you know, yeah. seeing it, but then it was like the girl told me, um, she doesn't like doing scenes with him, she would cry, you know. But then it's like to the average man, they feel like you know, they're they're peen like they like say if you go onto Pornhub, they're talking about penis size, right? They're all about that because that's what's being shown on pornos. But then when I, you actually like talk to women that do the porn, they do not like that. And then I started noticing that like some women, you know, they have preferences on penis size and, you know, the size of the man. And so I was like, what? I thought that every woman liked the, you know what I'm saying? I thought that was the thing that was like, hell no, I don't want that in me. That's pornos. You know, that's not even, that's not even real. Like I would, you know, that's not even a big deal to me. As long as it's like this and as long as this and this, I'm fine. And I was just like, damn, but that was the effect of me watching so much porn and you know porn they always want to show you know guys that have bigger girls yeah, yeah but then when you actually talk to women you know you get their feedback on it some might like it and some don't but i was just very surprised to know that the women that have been in so many pornos do not like this and prefer smaller men and that shit just like blew me away you know what i mean but like you were saying before it gives a false expectation of reality, you know? And that's how it kind of like got to me, but I was just blessed to be able to like talk to people about these things and figure it out. But then it was just like, wow. Yeah. It's a a great experience, man. It's like, you know, like say they, yeah, I'm not going to get into that, but then it's (laughs) it's always because, you know, there's, there's porn where it's like, women you know oh i i want to do anal or whatever and then you talk to a woman in real life and she's like no i would never ah you know what i mean but then you watching a porno and a woman's enjoying it you know and you just like oh i thought women it's like nah that's not no that's fake (laughs) you know and a lot of times while they're doing it you know one woman told me it's like you know they don't even really enjoy it it just feels like an object inside of them but because they're not connected to the person and they don't feel for the person it's not real to them it's like everything is phony everything's an act and that shit blew me away because you'll see them on and they're just like oh you know what i'm saying but then in reality they're yeah. like no nah, we're performing i didn't enjoy it 
I never enjoy it. And I was like, wow, why? It's because there's not a human connection with that person that they're performing. It's like they go on the set, here's the guy, all right, get ready, let's go. Yeah. And that's they also what- don't talk about the drugs, the drugs that are on set. They don't mm-hmm. talk about the fact that a lot of male porn stars are not just hired because of their size, but a lot of those guys also have the ability to orgasm on command. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, now it's time for the money shot. Go for it. And I explained mm-hmm. that to my clients. I was like, you really think they're just dudes off the streets? I was like, right. they're shooting a scene. Right. They are multiple scenes. They got to right. retake it. It's like, not nah, do that again with the moaning and everything. I don't care whether you like it or not. That's what you're getting paid for. And they do that. And guys go like, oh, really? I'm like, yeah. You're just seeing that little clip. Mm-hmm. You don't know how somebody had to debase themselves. Because I'm sure at a certain point, they're just like, wow. Yeah. I'm just here naked in front of these cameras acting like an animal for people's entertainment. I'm like, it's a dehumanizing thing. Oh, hell yeah. Um, Yeah. Like when you really like look into it, like, I, man, you know, I'm in LA. So again, I ended up going to this porn director's house. Yeah. uh, Who was actually a friend of a guy that I was involved with. Right. And he was like, he needed some film work done and, you know, for a show that he was doing. And so I went to his house. And while I'm in his house, you know, he's a porn porno is happening. Like they're filming people have sex. And so we walk like by there and we see him and the guy's just looking like, you know, it's like you could tell these people are uncomfortable. You know what I'm saying? It's just mm. like, wow, I'm doing Oh, it, they were just like, oh, y'all had like strangers come in while we shooting this. Yeah, you know, but you could tell like that person was just kind of like, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? It's like, just, <laughs> yeah, it's just like, it's just so weird, man. And it's just so off. And it, it, like you said, it's, it's very dehumanizing. Very dehumanizing. And they're, they're taking drugs to cope with it. They can't go anywhere. They can't really do anything but that because of their history. And it's just like you really start to feel for the people that got duped into doing that type of lifestyle, you know, because mm. it's like imagine going to the store and somebody like looking at you like, oh, you know, it's like, oh, shit, they probably seen my porno. You know what I mean? Yeah, man, you should watch my um, there was an interview I did on um, YouTube. There's this show called Jubilee. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those shows where they'll bring on people from opposing sides. So they'll bring Republicans and Democrats. Um, they'll bring flat earners and, <laughs> and rounders. So they brought uh, porn and anti-porn. I'm not anti-porn, but they brought me on. It's got like three or four million million views. Mm-hmm. And on my side, there was an anti-porn activist. There was me. And there was a young Christian girl uh, who was against pornography. On the other side, there was a transgender porn producer, there was a porn star, and there was a girl who just watched porn and masturbated every day. I think you would enjoy watching that because it covered almost everything we're talking about here, including Mm -hmm. the porn star, what was her name, Riley Reed, talking about how she, um, how she's like leading some organization that is helping porn stars to get like they can't get uh, appropriate care for STDs. They can't get insurance. They can't get a lot of stuff. It's not just walking around and everybody sees you as this object that they watch, but it's just like your medical practitioner and your <laughs> insurance is going to block you from stuff because of your sexual behavior. 
Um, and they don't take certain things that you're dealing with seriously, like when it comes to your mental health, because mm -hmm. they have all these preconceptions of like, well, you probably enjoy it, right? Like you chose to do that, right? you know? Um, and it's also interesting when you look at the mental health of, of um, a person who engages in this behavior over the long term, mm -hmm. right? Like you just think, what is their mental health going to be like? as they have children or choose to have children, as they choose to um, move on with their life or do other things, how do you cope with it? Many of them don't cope with it. Yeah. I actually seen some uh, documentaries about retired porn stars and how their, you know, children are, et cetera, how they try to live a normal life. And it is kind of, it's like, damn, man, like that, you know, couple, couple acts really change the trajectory of your entire life. You know, and it's kind of yeah. like, dang, <laughs> like if you, you know, if you sympathize with humanity, you'll really start to think about that. It's like a lot of those people were not in their right minds when they chose to do, you know, that act. You know what I'm saying? They were either young, you know, down on their luck, et cetera, you know. But then sure. it was like once you got addicted to the money, it's like, well, what else? What else are you going to do? That's effortless to make that amount of money, you know. And then with the OnlyFans oh, out, which is getting, you know, the typical person, that's even, oh, my God, that's a, that's another, I'll take us another hour to talk that's about that. That's a whole that. different thing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like, yeah. geez, Louise, and Twitter, man, I'm like, oh, Lord. But, yeah, I've been thinking about Most social like, media now is porn. Oh, yeah, yeah, the majority of it, you know. And I, I honestly, yeah. man, I did something where I unfollowed anybody that was like showing their body off the curves or whatever i'm like i'm not trying to see this and i don't care who you are because i have to control my impulses you know my well-being because you can't get stuck you know scrolling and just looking at women women all day i mean it's a form of True. softcore porn you know what i'm saying on instagram it's like you're Absolutely. on the discover oh look at her oh look at her oh look at her you know and that's an addiction in itself even though that person is not you know, actively having sex, you're still addicted to just scrolling, looking at women. So I just unfollowed a plethora of anybody that was into that activity, you know, like <laughs> for real. We tell like, our clients that um, uh, one of the first things when you're quitting pornography is to get off Instagram. And it's yeah. because of exactly what you said, because mm -hmm. the algorithm is habit forming. And the habits that lead you to viewing pornography, the habits that have a man jumping from tab to tab, looking for that next hit, is the same thing that keeps you doom scrolling on, right. on Instagram. It's like, yeah, I should stop and I should do something else, but I'm looking for the next thing and the next hit and the yeah. next hit. And you yeah. get stuck in that loop. Yeah. I mean, because I would, I would be off Instagram for like three months. I, I got to just a quick, quick heads up. I do have a meeting to jump onto in like 10 minutes. Oh, no, no, no doubt. No. Honestly, bro, we went way over my a lot of time. Did we? But, yeah, okay. You know, <laughs> you know, this is what I just happened. figured it was like an engaging conversation. So we just kind of went down that Yeah, road. <laughs> but then it's like, it's so much to uncover, you know, when you're, when it's two ex-porn addicts on the show. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, yeah, man, it's been, a, this has been a very interesting conversation, man. Like I, I really enjoyed it. I feel like we both were open and honest, you know, and telling stories, real life stories. And I feel like a lot of people who are watching, well, who is going to watch or listen to this, um, 
you know, we'll take something from it because they're going to get the reality from it, you know, especially learning from, from your experience, from actually dealing with clients who are addicted to my experience, to actually being around people in the porn industry and just knowing how dehumanizing it really is to each individual, you know, as well as us as men picking up our self-esteem and actually like, you know, looking at ourselves in a righteous way. And, you know, for and the bird's eye view, it's like, man, what am I really doing? You know, I could be better than this. I could, I could obtain this intimacy on my own if I put forth the effort. Because like you mentioned earlier, it's for the people that do lack the intimacy. And I could, I could really enjoy that. You know, it's kind of, and then like you saying that your clients, you know, are men who are making money, but they just never was involved with the woman. And that's a that's a problem, you know, because I was like, I was thinking about I was like, man, if you had a woman here, you know, which more than likely you always did, you can you don't need to do this. You know, you can yeah. break the habit. Well, they're, they're also men who they're also men who have not had who do have a woman in their life, but they've not fully resolved their manhood, which simply mm -hmm. means that they got with a woman because they were like, this is the woman I want to marry. This is the woman I want to date, which is fine. Yeah. But did you close off this chapter of your life? Right. So we, we I say like with sex, you know, there's getting, doing and then there's intimacy. Getting is when you're in the early stage, it's like locker room. Did you get some? Did you get some? Did you get it? <laughs> That's when you don't have access to it. You're getting it. But when you learn some game and you get it, then you start doing it. That's mm -hmm. when you're just like and we're human beings. When we do something, we want to do it well. So now you're watching porn. Now you're like, oh, like, did, did you come? Did you come? Like, you're, we're mm -hmm. now invested in the doing piece. A lot of men get stuck in the doing piece. The next mm -hmm. piece is intimacy. Is mm -hmm. are you connecting with that person? Like, yeah, you can have great sex, but are you focused on this person? Are you fine? Are there things about like, oh, the way she said something to me, like really turns me on? Is it not just about her body? Right. A lot of men don't get to that level. So I also have a lot of clients who are just stuck in that phase of, yeah, I got a wife, I got this, I got that. But why are you still distracted? You can have the ability to see a beautiful woman out there and go, that's my type of woman. Like you can take a look at her and go like, that's my type. And if you're in a secure enough relationship like I am, my partner be like, that's your type, right? I'll be like, oh yeah, yeah, that's my type. I'm not looking again. I'm not fantasizing. I'm not trying to sneak another look. But you, I call it training yourself to monogamy, rewiring your brain to monogamy, where you are secure in your sexuality, you know what you like, but you're not compulsive. And mm -hmm. the men who haven't resolved that, they are the men who are in relationships who are still addicted to pornography. Wow. Damn. Yeah, we're just going to end on that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I see. I know exactly what you're talking about, man. Yeah. Cause it's like you, you know, I'm in the gym and it's just like, look at her, look at her. Ooh, and I'm just like, man, gym is shit, like okay. the club now, man. I think <laughs> the gym replaced the club. <laughs> yeah, it did the strip club, depending on which one you go to. Man. True, true, true. It depends. <laughs> yeah, cause some it's like, why are you wearing that? God damn, don't you know there's men in here? Yeah, man, it's but you know, it's a open sexuality stuff. Cause man, the stuff that I see, I'm like, your butt cheeks are hanging out of your shorts. There's grown yep. men in here. You look like you're 17, 18. Like, what the hell? You know? But yeah, that's that's the society we live in. We'll be fine once we 
move somewhere else. But okay, JK, man, I know you gotta go. Um, yeah, man, is there any closing remarks? Um, anything you want to leave people with? Also, at the end of your closing remarks, you know, tell people where they could find you, etc. Yeah, well, first of all, man, this has been a great conversation. Um, because you as the host is something you can really relate to. So that's been refreshing for me to speak to somebody who's like can carry the conversation too, because you have so much insight into it. So mm-hmm. I really enjoyed this. I did. I wish we could, we could just, I didn't even know the time till I looked. I was like, oh my God, we've been here for like an hour and a half. <laughs> that's the first piece. But the second thing I want to say is that um, if you're somebody who's listening, who is, who's struggling with this behavior and you're like, yeah, I can relate to Sherman and JK, but really, I think I'm too deep. Like I'm a grown man. I'm still engaging in this behavior. I want you to know that there's so much more to life. You know, the one thing that holds a lot of guys back, men quit this behavior for three reasons. They quit it out of love, out of duty, or out of fear. Take a moment, look at your life and go like, man, I'm trying to end this. What is it that motivates me? Is it love for my kids, a love for my wife? Is it my duty as a man, the things I'm supposed to accomplish? Or have I crossed the line? Have I started watching some stuff that scares me, that scares me about maintaining my values, that scares me that they might kick my door open? Some of you know what you're doing. So find out, what's my motivation to quit? Love, duty, or fear? And if you're worried about talking about this, if there's a lot of shame, um, feel free to reach out to us right now. I do, <laughs> I do have a wait list till March next year, so I Ooh. probably won't work with you directly. But I do offer a lot of free resources, right? And I recommend that men just consume the free resources because the truth is, my entire program is available online for free. So my YouTube channel, you can find me by searching for my name, JK, last name E M E Z I. I got about, I don't know, 1200 videos on there that just teach you how to end this behavior. And you can also find me by looking for my podcast, the Porn Reboot Podcast. We have 500 and something episodes. Um, just binge it and try to end this behavior on your own. You're fully capable of doing that yourself. You are the best expert at yourself. You don't really need an expert to guide you through this. I mean, it's your body, it's your sexuality. Sherman did it here on his own, controlled it. You can do it too. Man, thank you so much, JK, man. Again, this has been amazing. One of the longest episodes I've ever done. Go figure. Oh, really? it, oh, wow. Yeah, seriously. I usually stop at like 45 minutes to an hour, but I was like, oh, no, nah, really? man, this is pretty intense. Like, we're really getting to the meat at this one. You know, we covered so much, but I'm like, man, this could, you know, it could really help people and educate people on what's going on. So, again, man, thank you, bro. You know, I really appreciate you getting on, sharing your story, sharing um, tools and techniques that could actually help people. You know, that's just what the militant grind is all about. It's about, you know, mental health and us overcoming obstacles. And you definitely gave people the resources and tools to do that with something that is plaguing millions of people in the world. So I want to thank you for that. Thank you for having me, man. No doubt, man. All right, bro. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much, man. Talk to you soon. Peace. Bye.